on December 5th. Um, I spoke on Jehovah Rayah on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. And uh, that was in our series on uh, redeemed, uh, redeemed, see I can't see here, the redemptive names of God uh, where, where we called it known by his name. I wanted to follow up on that tonight. It's such a nice topic. There's so much that can be said about this topic. Uh, there's so much truth in the word of God on this um, to discuss this picture that we have in scriptures of uh, the pasture, the sheep, and the shepherd. So, uh, more specifically tonight, I want to look at sheep. Uh, so how about if we pray here? Father God, give us revelation tonight. Speak to our hearts, Father, that we would leave here, Father, some, with something greater, Lord, than when we came in with. That, Father God, it would help us in the days ahead in our relationship with you. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm calling this the sheep paradigm. If you didn't know, a paradigm is simply a model of something or a pattern of something uh, that you're going to follow or practice. Uh, so in the scriptures, we have this entire model of what are sheep. And, and uh, we found uh, from Sunday that we did this, a good foundation scripture for tonight is Psalm uh, 95 verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Uh, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Uh, he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So certainly this is something that's uh, from the mind of God being delivered to us. Uh, so this is certainly a paradigm scripture. But why such a picture? Um, our, again, I had said our finite minds, which are limited, uh, in this physical world that we live in, cannot comprehend the infinite, cannot comprehend the spirit realm, the eternal of the spirit. Uh, we were never meant to know God with our minds. People try hard as they do. It's a futile effort. Give up. He's found in faith. He's found in the spirit realm. His word is life. His word does something inside of us. As it tells us in Hebrews, separates between soul and spirit. It goes to the heart of man. And God communicates something in us that words and um, the rational intellect just can't do apart from him. So this is something special that's being done supernaturally in us. We've got to remember that. Our relationship with the Lord is not an intellectual pursuit. We don't check out our brains. We use them. Thank you, Lord, for that, Lord. But they're a tool. They're not an end in itself. And unfortunately, Christianity over the centuries has made it at times an end in itself. But if that would be true, then only the brightest and the most intellectual could know God. And the truth is, they're the ones that know him the least right? Uh, those that are simple, with a simple, pure faith to the Lord, find God all the time. So that's very important we realize that. So we need help. God has to help our minds. We think we're just so sharp, so intelligent, we can figure it all out. We can't. So he gives us pictures. Uh, our mind understands the Spirit of God in pictures. God talks to us in pictures. We, uh, now English is my native language, so therefore I think in English. I dream in English. Uh, so if you have a different language, you probably think in that language. Do you dream in that language, right? Uh, the, I don't know if you remember the television series Hogan Here, Hogan's Heroes. The guy who played Colonel Klink, he was really from Germany, and he was serious about English, and he said one time he knew he mastered English when he started having dreams in English. 
And that's a very good point he made. Very good point. Uh, so you dream in the language you speak. But the Lord, we speak in that language. The whole, we speak in tongues. But the Lord speaks in pictures. It's a picture language in Scripture. These are uh, supernatural downloads from heaven that are pictures to us where uh, when usually if the Lord is talking to you, you get like the aha inside of you. Uh, the, the light bulb goes on inside of you and you don't need words. You instantly have understanding. That's the Spirit of God talking to you. And that's how he does that. So he gives us pictures here in scriptures because our finite minds are just so limited. So God in his mercy and goodness, he gives us these pictures and here this paradigm to help us understand who he is and what place of importance that we have with him. When you're looking at the shepherd and sheep concept, you're looking at importance that he has placed upon us. And I had said this that Sunday, worth repeating again, it, I'm important because Jesus makes me important. You won't hear that from the world you live in. You won't hear that from the evil one. All you'll hear is how unimportant you are or how important everybody else is. You're important because Jesus makes you important. So I'm, a, I'm with a bunch of real VIPs here. Not the governor, not the president, not, not the Congress. Real VIPs are the body of Christ, whether the world knows it or not, right? Tells us in Romans, all of the creation groans that we would be revealed. That makes you a VIP in the kingdom of God. So he makes us important. So here we have, as we read our Bibles, we all know, uh, the Bible uh, speaks to us in a historical time of a century's past where uh, shepherding and herding of sheep is a very common understanding. Most of us today have no clue about this, right? Nobody here grew up herding sheep, I assume. We had one wise guy who tried to say that Sunday, but he was an accountant. What did he know? <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so this is really uh, something that we just assume real quick, but it really goes over our heads. We don't grasp the importance of the picture here of what's being said. So we want to go a little deeper tonight on this picture of sheep. Um, and as I had said on, um, on the Sunday I did this, sheep are um, not the smartest of animals. In fact, they're, they're dummies. They're dummies. So it's important to remember that when we look at them in the Word of God and the Bible, we need to keep in mind these are very timid creatures. They're very feeble. They're helpless without a shepherd, okay, uh, that would lead them, that would protect them, that would care for them. So it's very important we get that. And this is us. You're looking at you. Now, I know some people would be insulted by that. Too bad. You're not such a hot shot. This is you. This is me. God shows this as a picture for those without Christ, and for those in Christ, it becomes a picture of our deep need of a shepherd is now being realized in Jesus. We just didn't realize it before we met Christ as our Savior. No one walks around, I think I need a shepherd. Well, you got one now. And we have to appreciate that, how serious that is. So when I'm talking about sheep tonight, think of them as yourself. Okay? Matter of fact, whenever you're in Scripture and you see sheep, think of yourself. Put your name there. And I guarantee you tonight, Holy Spirit will bring you some personal revelation tonight about you and Him. If you listen with spiritual ears tonight, that I am sheep. Okay.
Sheep are very unusual animals. They're totally dependent on man to survive. That's amazing. That's amazing. Without shepherds, they would have been extinct long ago. Wow, how about that? How about that? That's amazing. Uh, sheep require constant attention and meticulous care. Uh, what a quote to you from a book written by a Christian on the topic of shepherding. He uh, is a shepherd, or you know, I don't know if he's gone home to be with the Lord or not. He, he's, he was a shepherd in Australia, and uh, he wrote, quote, I would, have I, I would have to continually lay down my life for them if they were to flourish and prosper. Sheep do not just care for themselves as some might suppose. They require more than any other class of livestock. Endless attention and meticulous care. It is no accident that God has chosen to call us sheep. How about that? And um, when you think about it, uh, don't we require the same? Endless attention, meticulous care. Whether you realize it or not, you do. We constantly, are of the Lord, are requiring his meticulous uh, care and his endless attention. Why? Because we're important. That's why. Why would you spend that kind of time unless somebody was important and we're important to him? So shepherds here, they even mark their sheep. I didn't realize that. They put like a mark on them or something so they can recognize them from a distance. And aren't we all marked of God? Not, we're not just one of the crowd. And that's something. We're important enough that we're marked that he can spot us. That, that's the point here. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. This is out of the Phillips translation. And it says that we were stamped with the promise of Holy Spirit as a guarantee of purchase. How about that? So just like marking sheep, we're marked as well. There's a mark on us, right? There's a mark on us. That's why the mark of the beast is a counterfeit, because we're marked. We have the real stamp of the Spirit of God on us that we can't see. In fact, it tells us in the book of Revelation, we have a new name written down in glory that isn't yet revealed to us. How about that? When you got, when you got saved, God even gave you a new name. Isn't that amazing? A new name written down in glory that will be revealed to us one day. So you're not John in heaven or, or Sally in heaven. There's actually a new name for you. That's, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing to consider. And um, so anyway here, we're marked by Holy Spirit. Less like a, a mark or a branding means you belong to me. We belong to him. Amen. That's a comfort to know I'm not some wandering orphan. I belong to him. I'm his possession. Amen. I want to be his possession. That's something we have to meditate on. I want to be his possession. So anyway here, one issue that we see here is that um, there's various issues with sheep, far too numerous to talk about tonight. Uh, they're almost totally unable to defend themselves. So uh, they could easily fall to predators quite easily. Only in Christ, right, are we protected from the evil one. Only in Christ uh, has the evil one been left eternally defeated by Jesus for us, for our sake, right? Uh, if, if Jesus had not gone to the cross and from the cross to the throne, a whole separate topic, defeated the evil one, 
we would be totally defenseless. But in Christ, we have our defense. He is our defense. So, and in fact here, as I said before, they're so dumb, sheep. They're so dumb, they will blindly walk into danger. For example, if they're by the edge of a cliff and they see good-looking grass towards the end of the cliff, they will nearly fall off the cliff just to get to the grass. They don't know, oh, you're going to be lamb chops in a few minutes if you go off that cliff. No, I want the grass. I want the grass. And, but hey, don't we do the same thing? Right? Because of our selfish nature, uh, people uh, want what they want, and they'll nearly walk off the cliff of life to get it. Right? It's an old expression, I think it was from a Baptist preacher named Criswold. Uh, Sin will take you uh, further than you thought it would take you, keep you longer than you thought it would keep you, and cost you more than you thought it would cost you. That's the sheep thing. That's the sheep thing. They'll walk nearly off a cliff and kill themselves. Uh, and, uh, and don't we try to do that? Oh, my gosh, my gosh. Uh, also, if you let them, sheep will eat the wrong food. They will lap up the wrong water and very often poisonous waters. Don't we do that? How many Christians have I met over the years that are food for the cults? Hearing people talk to you, I'm like, wait a minute, that's Mormonism. What are you talking about? Oh, but they're Christians too. No, they're not. That's poison. And they don't know they're being poisoned. Uh, just like the sheep. And in fact, moving, talk about water here, moving waters scare them. They see water moving, they get scared and walk away. They need it, but they walk away from it. They're scared. So what the shepherd has to do is he has to go to the stream, take his staff, and make a groove in the ground deep enough so that the water would flow out of the stream into a little ebb along the side, and then the sheep would come over to the still waters and drink. But isn't that us, right? Don't we want to uh, grow in Christ in peaceful circumstances? Don't we need, my gosh, what, why are some of these seats so comfortable? Keep the fannies comfortable, they'll, they'll stay longer. People like comfort. We want comfort to grow in Christ. And isn't that something, though, when you look at the COVID season we've just been through? So many people have been so frazzled in their Christian walks and everything. Why? The waters got disturbed in life. These were disturbing waters, certainly were. And uh, Christians don't like that. They get nervous around dis uh, disturbing waters, just like the sheep do. That's us. In Isaiah chapter 40 here, in verse 11, uh, it says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Boy, those are really tender words. Those are really sweet, tender words. Uh, that's a picture of a shepherd being tender because we don't actually get that because we don't know shepherds. We don't do sheep stuff. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 25, it says, For you were like sheep going astray. That astray part is very important. We'll talk about that in a little while. For you were like sheep going astray and have now returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. And we recognize that Jesus is the great shepherd, of course, in this Bible analogy. That we have an overseer watching over our souls. And I, some people are like, hey, I'm independent. I don't need anybody. You need a shepherd watching over your soul because you don't know how to do it yourself. 
right? You will fall down and go uh, off a cliff and you will drink poisonous water. That's why somebody has to watch you because you, like a little kid, you can't be trusted. We just get older and our intellect develops more and we get too big for our britches. No, you're still like the little kid who needs help and can't make it without mom and dad. You can't make it without a shepherd. I can't make it without a shepherd. Um, actually, when we look at the scripture here about overseer of my soul, actually shepherd can uh, also mean to the sheep, my owner, my manager, my Lord. How about that? Did you ever think of Jesus? You're my manager. You're my, uh, you're my owner. Remember the stamp of seal? Jesus is my owner, owner of my soul. I want it that way. I never want it to change. My soul doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to him. I want it like that. Life will go better for me if I believe that. Amen? And live like that. Uh, so this shepherd manager is one who makes the difference in our future destiny, just like the shepherd would for the sheep. So God does so in our life's future. Uh, he is the one who has the direction for my life. It would be smart if I listen. It would be smart if I put down the plans I think I've made and pick up the plans he's made. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have met people, and I'm one of them. When I found Christ as my Savior, my plans in life changed fast. All of a sudden, there was a new direction. I wasn't quite sure what it was. It was kind of gray, but I knew that's where I was going because Shepherd was leading there. I was on to get a doctorate in psychology. Or I heard no. I stopped, and I got led in a different direction. All that was a gain to me was now a loss in the great knowledge of knowing Christ as my Savior. Amen. Had no idea what I was doing, where I was going, but I knew I was in a different direction in life. The plans that I had made were not his plans. Amen. Uh, so, you know, Jesus does all this for us in the spirit realm of what the shepherd does for the sheep in the natural. So we always need to remember this when you're reading the Word of God and reading about this. This is what Jesus is doing for you and for me. We have to spot what it is and how that applies to my life personally. So yes, there's a shepherd, sheep, pasture paradigm. They're all connected. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, we have, uh, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. So we see here that this scripture, as we know, is addressed to the elders of the church. But the elder here in 1 Peter is better uh, uh, referred to in our understanding as pastor. Uh, this is a pastoral uh, elder. This is a one that is more than just an elder in title, but has a role of pastoring people's souls like uh, shepherds would pastor uh, sheep or shepherd sheep. So when we look at uh, the fact that this, we have shepherds here in this sheep paradigm, we're looking here at the work of the pastor also involved. So we can translate this to us as well. There's a lot we, don't, we can't go over tonight that's in the Old Testament that God has really ticked off at the uh, leaders of Israel who have been bad shepherds, leading uh, people astray, feeding themselves, as, as I think it says in Jeremiah, on the, uh, on the sheep they were supposed to pasture. Wow, what does that mean? That's heavy-duty stuff. Um, so anyway, back to sheep here. Um, there are oddities with sheep. Let's look at some of these oddities because most of them you've never heard of. Um, shepherds have to lead 
a sheep to a new pasture. Or they will stay in the old one and they will live in rot because they don't know enough to move on. How about that? Boy, does that speak of you and me? As it tells us in Malachi, the Lord says he changes not. God changes not, but he leads his people into change. That is a truism you will never escape this side of heaven. He doesn't change, but he leads you and me into change. Now, I know there's some personalities out there that love change. I hate change. There's also that personality. So for those that hate change, this is difficult, but you must accept it. He leads us constantly into change. And um, uh, so, you know, uh, I remember Pastor Walt had said more than once, uh, his job as, as a pastor is, is to uh, um, comfort the discomfort, comfort it, and to discomfort the comforted. Because we need to be, have that little kick in our tails to move us on, because we don't like that. What I'm trying to say is we need to be encouraged onto good works into the kingdom. As long as we're in this physical body, one of our goals in growing in Christ is to drive selfishness out of us. Because we are selfish little sheep. And we will live in rot and think it's wonderful when it's not good for us. Constantly, uh, uh, selfishness has to be driven out of us. And the Lord will put us in situations in life where it has to be driven out of us. And we're, when we're part of the body of Christ here in an assembly of believers, that's why it's so important to belonging to an assembly of believers, we rub against each other, and that rubbing against each other causes us to die to self in areas where we need to die to self. Or I have to consider you as more important than myself. And where um, we need to realize uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ, their needs of life are more important than my needs in life. Yes, that's a stretch on me. That's a pull on me. That's, a, oh, there goes my time and there goes my money. Oh, well, we don't like that. We still want to live in rot, right? You've seen those people who live, live in the hoarder homes, they look horrible. You know, they got newspapers up to their nose and everything. Hey, get rid of it. You got to move on here. We all have to move on, but that's meaning we have to be involved with one another. That moves us on when we get involved in the lives of one another, in the lives of the saints. That's a godly thing to do. Um, so, uh, and if you've ever noticed also here uh, regarding the Lord leads us on, uh, do you ever notice um, that sheep move in groups? There's not one sheep all by himself walking along. They move in groups and they're always on the move. They're always moving, always on the move, because they will literally sit and rot. If you, if you let them, you have to keep them moving. So I'll tell you a true story that I saw. I have never seen this before in my life. I was ministering in the Navajo Nation um, on the northern western New Mexico side, real close to the Arizona border, in a place oddly enough called Sheep Springs. And uh, so we were going to this church in the middle of nowhere in, uh, in Sheep Springs. So we're on a side road, all kinds of side roads, and they're dirt. And you go real slow, but we didn't know why you had to go so slow, because there's sheep everywhere. We didn't know that. So we're in this van, and we're going real slow, and all of a sudden, there's this whole herd of goats, and then a whole herd of sheep right behind them. How about that? The goats and the sheep were separated. Pretty interesting. There's a lot to be said about that one. And we had to stop our van. Why? This whole group moves. And there's this little Navajo in his beat-up pickup truck watching everybody go by. He's going real slow. 
And, uh, but, cool, uh, with these sheep especially, there's all these little dogs, which are sheep dogs. And they move the sheep along. The, the guy in the truck does nothing. The dogs do all the work. And if they try to get away, they, they nip at their little feet and they go back in, into, the, into the crowd. And uh, oddly enough, when they saw our van, the dogs were upset with us. I mean, they were looking, they're, they're barking at us. I think that dog's cussing at me. <laughs> because we were disturbing them in their work. So we just watched this whole flock go by, and we watched the little dogs, we'll keep them in line. So you had all these little uh, sheep dogs. Did you know there are sheep dogs in the body of Christ? We call them elders and deacons. Elders and deacons, believe it or not, or anyone who would disciple others are sheep dogs. They keep the body of Christ literally in line, always half for centuries, and are a help and a service uh, to manage, right, the crowd, right? That's what they're for. Uh, and they have a selfless work. And uh, a lot of times when people's lives, you know, don't go right, usually it's not pastors around that are correcting them. It's elders and deacons correcting them very often. Like the sheepdogs, they keep them in line. Isn't that wild? We have the same concept uh, in the Lord's church and we don't really realize what we're seeing sometimes. Um, also another odd amazement with sheep I didn't realize this. If they fall on their backs, they get stuck. Then they'll panic and they die. So the shepherds have to come over and pick them up and set them right up again. And then they're happy. And, but how about us? How about us? How many times, nobody put their hands up, but how many times has God rescued you when you've fallen on your back and you couldn't write yourself up again, huh? How many of us have been rescued because we were so helpless to help ourselves? Did he pick us up? The shepherd cared enough that we didn't die on our backs panicking. And I don't know about you, but I've met enough people in life panicking. And they needed help, so they, otherwise they would have worked themselves into a frenzy, and some of them did. Isn't that amazing? Same exact concept that we see here in the body of Christ. Now, we talked before about um, the Scripture here. Uh, where was that scripture? Ah, 1 Peter 2.25. For you were like sheep have gone astray. Oddly enough, uh, worth mentioning, another oddity is mentioning rebellious sheep. How about that? Uh, can sheep rebel? Yes, they can. Sometimes they don't cooperate with the shepherd. Now, this is cool. Uh, they have this little, they have their little self-willed sheep. And they do what they want to do. And they don't listen. Well, of course, the problem is when they're severely rebellious, they wander off from the group. And, and they don't know where they're going, so already they're going to get in trouble. They're eventually going to get poisonous water or eaten by wolves or animals. And, uh, you know, the wolf like, ooh, I see lunch coming. And, you know, and, you know et cetera, et cetera. So they're, they're a problem. So the shepherd has a problem with these people, uh, these little sheep. So what, they have, what the shepherd is forced to do, check this out. He takes the sheep and he breaks one of its legs. How about that? Then he binds it up quickly. Then he picks up the sheep and he carries it around its neck and his shoulder until the leg heals. And he lays down with the sheep so it's not alone. He talks to the sheep. He sings to the sheep. I'm not kidding you. And when the leg is heals, he lets it go. Now what happens? No more rebellion. 
By this time, the sheep is so accustomed to the attention of the shepherd. He's so accustomed to the tenderness, to the warmth, to the closeness of the shepherd. He doesn't want to wander anymore. His heart is totally, if you want to call it, knit to his shepherd. Isn't that wild? In fact, he won't leave the shepherd's side. He's constantly hanging around the shepherd. The shepherd can't get rid of him. And sometimes people in the body of Christ need that kind of treatment. We call them Christian rehabs. That's exactly what happens in a Christian drug and alcohol rehab for addicts. They get intense shepherding closeness so that their lives can heal and be put back together. Now, real rehab stuff is you don't go there for two weeks. Real rehab stuff is either in six-month increments, three months, six months, nine months, a year, some a year and a half, some 18 months. And usually what's a very common thing when they're done, they don't want to leave. A lot of them end up serving on the staff there. They don't need a degree. They have life's experience. They've experienced the shepherd. Now they can shepherd others. They're some of the most valuable people. I mean, I've heard it said, and I've met them, some of the greatest uh, people to minister to addicts are former addicts. You can't snow them, you can't lie to them, and they know it all already. They've been there. But now they've come on the other side of recovery, that they can help someone. And uh, that's exactly what a Christian rehab does, the exact same thing. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? Uh, so, we don't want to be rebellious sheep. Remember, the most miserable person in the world on this earth is not someone who's lost and doesn't know Christ. It's a believer who does know Christ and will not walk with his shepherd. That is a miserable person. Holy Spirit has his hook in you, and he's pulling, and you're pulling in the opposite direction, and that hurts. The believer who refuses to be a believer in his behavior will suffer far more. Because eventually, you're going to come back. How much pain do you want? The Lord is not going to let go of you. Amen. Another uh, example here of an oddity with sheep uh, is when we look at the Scripture in Jesus' words in John chapter 10. This is another interesting one. In John chapter 10, verse 4, it says that when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the, shepherd, and the sheep uh, follow him, and they know his voice. Yet, they will not, they will by no means follow a stranger, but flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. True story. I knew a brother in the Lord, brother and sister in the Lord. I, they've both gone home to be with the Lord. They were an elderly couple when I first met them. And they had taken this long trip to Israel. I think they were there for a few months. Uh, and uh, I think they were on the West Bank where they have a lot of sheep herding. And, um, this guy, he knows his Bible, right? So he's seen these sheep being like herded by these guys with sticks. They're pushing them. They're, they're banging their little bottoms to get them along. No dogs. And the sheep were not cooperating very well. And he's looking at this. He's looking at this. So he walks up to one of the guys. The guy speaks English. And he says to him, uh, I don't see uh, shepherds doing that in the Bible. He said, oh. These aren't their shepherds. They don't want to follow. What are they? They're leading them to slaughter. How about that? They didn't want to follow a foreign voice because they knew it was dangerous. Isn't that amazing? Did that ever happen to you? Uh, 
have we ever been um, disturbed by a false shepherd? I'll tell you another true story. An example of this. Uh, Dr. Uh, Freddie Casey Price. Dr. Freddie Price. He's gone home to be with the Lord. Back in the 70s, um, it had to be before 1979, uh, him and his wife, he, this is his testimony he gave, uh, they visited a church in Los Angeles. Big church. Massive horseshoe balcony. Sat thousands. And this guy comes on stage to speak, and Freddie's looking at the guy. He's got sunglasses on, and he puts his Bible down, and he says, the Word of God is in me. You're supposed to be listening to the Word of God. Don't listen to this. Listen to me. Freddie looked at his wife. Come on here. We're getting out of here. She said, no, nah, come on. We're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. Instantly, Freddie's spirit was, that is not one of, of the Lord's voices. That was Jim Jones. That was, and of course, as you know the story, hundreds died of suicide in uh, South America because of him. That was Jim Jones. And Freddie didn't know who in the world this guy was, but as soon as this guy opened his mouth, come on, we're going out of here. Let's go, let's go, go, go. He would not hear the voice of a foreign shepherd. Wow. And we should have the same attitude. Amen? Amen. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to spend really long tonight. So where do we end this? You know, we could spend many hours here on, on this topic. Um, this could be a very long teaching series uh, when we, dis- we, we didn't be- even begin to discuss pasture. Um, and the- we didn't even go to the truth of Jesus is the Lamb of God, right? So for tonight, why is this so important or even bother studying this? Okay, because uh, we need these concepts ingrained in our thinking so we know uh, this uh, when we see Jesus in prayer. When we go to the Lord in prayer, these thoughts fill our mind. I am speaking to my shepherd. I am speaking to the overseer of my soul. I am speaking to the only one who really knows how to care for me. I'm not going to tell him what I, I think I should do. He needs to tell me what I should do. I need to be a sheep, not someone that wanders away and gets into trouble. You know, too many people today, sad to say, only view God as being angry at them. Uh, maybe that's the picture of a father they had when they were brought up, uh, that, this, that God is always frowning on them in, in distaste. This is wrong. This is so very wrong. Always remember the scripture in John chapter 5, verse 24. It's a very important scripture. Uh, Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in me and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but he has passed from death into life. That is one of the most encouraging words we have from Jesus. These words should be memorized because of Jesus I have passed out of judgment. Uh, before the Father sees me, he sees the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is already pleasing in his sight, already putting me in right standing for everything that I could not have done for myself. Because of Jesus, he welcomes me with a smile on his face. We have to believe that because those are Jesus' words to us. We pass out of judgment. As dumb as we can be, as, as dopey as we can act, we still pass out of judgment because we have a shepherd, 
We have one who intercedes for us. We have one who will always take up our advocacy. He is my shepherd. It's important that we really get that. That's how I need to be looking at Jesus when I go to prayer. So why is this so important? Why do we look at concepts like this? Because these sheep and shepherd images should drive us to want a deeper, prayerful, intimate relationship with Jesus. This should be driving images like, ha, huh, when is this place going to get over? I got to get, get home and pray. I got to get home and be in the Lord's presence. I got to get home and sit with the scriptures and, and talk to my shepherd. Yes. That should be the new habit of life, filling our minds. Um, most of his sheep, uh, honestly, in, the, in, in, the, in church pasture land out there, they just want to eat and drink and be satisfied and wander around. And uh, they don't want to be hanging around him only when they want something. That's how most of Christianity lives that are called Christians. Only God knows what they are. The real believer, the real sheep, wants to hang around the shepherd. It's a priority to them. It becomes a priority to their thinking. My day hasn't started until I've been hanging around with my shepherd. Or, or based on your time schedule of life, sometime in my day, I've got to be alone with my shepherd. I've got to feel his tenderness. Not literally, but I, and spiritually, I have to feel his tenderness. I have to feel his loving touch. I have to remember he made me important. I want to, I want to hear, I, I want to smell him. I want to hear him sing to me, right? Uh, this should uh, be us. This should not be us that we only want him when we want something. Uh, so I, I would hope you would embrace uh, Jesus, your shepherd, and never wander away from him because he talks to you, Holy Spirit sings to you, and he wants you to remain close to his side. And this isn't something you tell children. This is something we all need to know and always be come to him as little children. Just keep it simple. Let's keep it real simple. I got a shepherd. If I've been thinking about that lately, if I reminded myself lately that my shepherd knows how to take care of me, am I yielding to my shepherd? This, these are thoughts that need to be in our mind. Because the enemy is out there to give you fear. He's out there to rob, kill, and destroy. Uh, he's out there to put turmoil in you. Uh, it's been an old expression. 80% uh, of all turmoil is internal. Very little is outside of you. Uh, he wants you to be in a life of turmoil. Why? So you won't be in a life of faith. So you won't be in a life of contentment, enjoying your shepherd. He hates when you have time with your shepherd. Because he's a wolf that's out to destroy. He hates that because he never will have it. And uh, it's something that we want to always remember that uh, I need to live a life where I'm with my shepherd. Do whatever you have to do, <coughs> excuse me, to remind yourself of that. You want to do that as we close here tonight. It's very important. By the way, I'll give you a side note here if you have a pen and paper. A book I would highly recommend to you if you want to read more about this kind of stuff. It's really good stuff. Uh, the quote I read before uh, is uh, from Philip Keller. He was the Australian shepherd. Philip Keller and his, his, his most famous book, if you only buy one of his books, you want to buy A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. Actually, it says Psalm 23. A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Now, he has others. 
In fact, he has one for children, for parents to read to them, or if they have about a third grade reading level, it's called A Child Looks at the 23rd Psalm. Nice book to have to give your child when they're about a third grade reading level. Really cool. Or to sit there and read it to them. It's, it's a regular book for, for a child to read. But a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm. He has another one on um, the shepherd looks at the Lamb of God. Uh, Still Waters is another one. I think that that's his prayer book. Uh, really cool stuff. But there's millions of these in print. This guy wrote this stuff in the early 1970s, and they're major popular. I mean, you can pick them up in hardcover on eBay for like five bucks. I mean, they're out there all over the place. A lot of copies are out there. So a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm. A nice, a nice book to own. It's not a very heavy book to read, not a real thick book to read, but it's something you might want to really consider. Just taking a time one day, just sit down and read something, because he gives a lot of, of uh, examples of sheep and shepherd from his perspective that he was a shepherd himself. Uh, a lot of things we never talked about, the sheep pen and how the shepherd does the sheep pen and why that's important. So anyway, a lot of good stuff there. So how about if we just uh, close here in prayer? Uh, Father God, we thank you that we have a shepherd. Although we try to wander, the shepherd always knows how to find us and bring us back and always shows us tenderness we thank you, Lord God, our shepherd never barks at us and yells at us, but always leads us with a smile and with tenderness and love. And you put it in us, Father God, to want this. You put it in us, Father God, to want the shepherd-sheep relationship. So, Father God, we just ask you all that would be hearing this, Lord God, whether here in this church or hearing it online in a podcast, that, Father God, they would also seek you, Lord God, uh, to know they're spending time with their shepherd. And that, Father, truly you would be the overseer of their souls for you have the plan for our lives. It's not in us to plan it for ourselves, but you have the plan for us, Lord God, that we want to follow your plan. And we thank you, Lord God, as it also says in John 10, no one can snatch us out of your hand. And we thank you for this in these days ahead with great encouragement, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.